Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. Hello and welcome to episode one of Interview Boss. My name is Emma. I'm a second year journalism student who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah's a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you guys all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Thanks, Em. I'm excited to be here on our first episode and today we're talking about a really highly requested topic. That's right. There are two things you need when applying for a job, a resume and a cover letter. And today we're diving into all things resumes. That's right. Usually there's a bit of existential dread around resumes. I feel nobody loves working on their resume, but luckily we're here to help. So I guess we should start. What is a resume? Why do we need one? What's the whole point? Yeah, good question. I definitely hate working on my resume. I think most people, it stops them from applying for jobs because they've got to touch it up. Um, But there's really good reason why we need a resume and it's it's very practical really. Um, When you're applying for a job, that business is trying to get to know um, a potential person who they want to hire for that job. And the way that they get to know them is obviously through the interview process and reference checking and all the different stages. They might get you to do some assessments and things as well. Um, but ultimately, they have a problem, which is that they get, you know, 50, 100, maybe even 200 applications for that job and they can't meet everyone. So a resume is just a really, um, I guess, introduction to that role. A snapshot of who you are as the person, if you will. Yeah, that's right. They're just trying to get to know whether they want to know more. Makes sense. So, I mean, being in my second year of uni, um, I'm always thinking of my resume for when I graduate. I want to have as much work experience on my resume, every little interview that I do, every story I write. I'm always, always thinking, oh, that'd be amazing. I can add that to my resume. But I suppose a good point you made to me earlier, I think, is um, a lot of people aren't constantly thinking of their resume. So talk to me about that a bit more. Why is it important to not just think about your resume the day before, the week before you want to apply for a job? Yeah, so true. Before you're actually sitting down with a new template and you're, you're plugging things in, I think to prepare for writing a resume, you should be preparing pretty much all the time in your career. Each time there's a new opportunity that comes up or, you know, you've got, um, you know, a 
a training course that you've been to, um, you've worked on a new project, um, maybe you've moved roles or you've uh, worked with a different team, you should be thinking about, hey, this is going to be, you know, a great new thing that I can add to my resume one day. Because I think, you know, we're all aware in this day and age, you're not going to stay in the same job forever. That's right. Yeah, you're eventually most likely going to have to write that stuff down. So thinking about those things in the moment can even help you make certain decisions in your career. Absolutely. So now before we dive into the nitty gritty and the details of a resume, what we like to see, uh, you've actually whipped up something special for our listeners. Tell me about that. Yes, I have. So um, for anyone that's looking to to do their resume up and needs a template, um, we've actually put together a free resume template that you can download on the Interview Boss website. So that's www.interviewboss.com.au and you can download our free resume and cover letter templates there. So a couple of things I'm going to talk about, we've actually got those tips and tricks included in that template there. By all means, use whatever template you like. You can get plenty of them on you know Microsoft Word in pages um, you can find them just by googling there's tons of them out there so by all means choose one that you like but if you're looking for something that's going to give you some tips and tricks go and check out ours. I was just about to say this isn't just any pretty colorful template with pretty boxes and formatting no this has little text bubbles with hints and tricks doesn't it? Yeah that's exactly right. It's a bit of a superior template if you will. Yeah, it's going to help you actually go through the process. So even if you use a different template, still check it out um, to see, you know, it might give you some ideas. Amazing. So getting into the overall formatting, specifically, what are the things that you really think people need to be mindful of? Yeah, cool. So first impressions are everything when it comes to your resume. I'm sure everyone's heard that a recruiter may only spend a couple of seconds or even a couple of minutes looking at your resume. They're certainly not reading it word for word like a book. They're going to decide in those first few seconds when they open that document, do they want to keep reading or are they going to close it and move on to the next one? So particularly that first Um, page and that first top half of the page is really important for your first impression. So for me, um, you know, what I like to see is white space. So uh, everything's really clearly laid out. You've got your overall formatting looks nice and clean. And there are some clear sections. I want some stuff to jump out at me. I want to see, you know, where was your most recent company? I want to see if your education section's at the top. I want that to be nice and clearly separated from the rest. Um, I want to see your contact details um, front and centre. And you want to be able to get a a bit of an inkling what kind of resume this is going to be when when you open it. So, yeah, definitely other tips in terms of layout. I would say I've seen a couple of really fancy resume templates on Canva. So that's a a really good example. They're beautiful. They are. I can vouch. Yeah. If that's what you're going for, you know, they're just beautifully laid out and their graphic designers have obviously put them together. Uh, But it's a real trend at the moment to, to lay things out in a particular way like that, which is your contact details and a little personal profile on the left-hand side and then a second column on the right-hand side um, which has all of your experience and your actual job history on it. Now, as much as that might look really great all stuffed into the the one kind of page, I've actually found a bit of a problem with these resumes. Really? Because my, uh, my resume is laid out exactly that way so I'm keen to listen to this. Ah, interesting. So, 
What what I've noticed when you apply for a job via a job board or you know directly on a company's website, your resume is ending up in what we call an applicant tracking system. So that's basically a re- piece of recruitment software that that recruiter or hiring manager is using in order to keep track of who's applied. They might write notes in there um, and they use that as a system to screen people. Right. A lot of those applicant tracking systems actually have algorithms built in that look at who the the top potential people are after they apply. Uh, And the way that they do that is they read your resume and they try and interpret they try and work out, you know, what's your most recent role? What are your keywords? Where's your summary section and your contact details? And they'll actually pull all of that into the system. Clever system. Yeah, this is this is the, the way of the future, really. Um, now, if your resume is laid out like one of those um, Canva resumes with the two columns, I've actually done a bit of testing and I found that it can't even work out your contact details. Oh, dear. It gets confused with your email address versus that of your references or, you know, your most recent employer and it, and it thinks that your name is something different sometimes. So these are the kinds of things that you don't want happening. Yeah, no columns. Let's stick to just simple. Yeah, and the computers can't handle it. So it might look nice to a person, but you, you definitely want to keep it simple when it comes to that overall formatting. Keep the robots happy. Yeah, absolutely. Keep the robots happy. And one other thing on that note as well for keeping keeping the robots happy, make sure it's in PDF format. Yep, nice. Otherwise, it can get scrambled. I'm sure you've had that experience, Em, when you open a Word doc on a different computer. Yeah, and it's just spat out everywhere, Word vomit on the page. Yep, every, yep. it's like suddenly three more pages long. There's a blank section yes. there and you don't know why. Or when you can't, when there's an extra page at the end and you just cannot delete it. If you know, you know. When you have tried everything, you've put on the page breaks, you've done every setting and it just cannot delete it. Oh, my God, I've had so many breakdowns. <laughs> two minutes before an assessment's due, just trying to get rid of this page. And in the end, sometimes I just submit the page. I'm like, all right, whatever. But for a resume, you want to be able to delete the page. That's right. And so if you save it into a PDF, you won't even have that problem and you can, you can right. get rid of that extra page. There you go, people. PDFs are the way forward. Yep. Note. Awesome. Uh, talking about contact details, what information do you want from me? Yeah, good question. Um, I want to see your name front and center. You can put that in the in a huge font at the top. Very important. Yep. And then I want your email address and your phone number. Um, you can put any social media if that's relevant to your role. So, for example, if you were a graphic designer or a photographer or something creative and you had a creative um, uh, social media page or a, your LinkedIn account is obviously a really good one. I like to include your LinkedIn profile. Right, but if you're just Dan, the construction worker, we don't need to see your Instagram. No. We don't want to see the beers of last Friday. No, and you're opening yourself up to, you know, some a potential employer seeing something that they maybe don't want to see. Yeah, so. no thanks. All right, so you name, email, phone number? Yep, absolutely, and no address. I Ooh. like to leave addresses off resumes, yeah. So it's what I like to call location discrimination. Really? Tell me why. So what it means is um, a potential employer might look at your address and think, oh, that's a long way away. They might be getting two buses to come here every morning or, oh, I wonder if that person's relocating. They, you know, they can't live that far away and, um, and work in this job. And they might subconsciously preference someone who lives closer over you. Right. 
Yeah, uh, my personal way of thinking about that is your commute is your responsibility and it's not up to your that's employer. Right. Your choice if you want to do it, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, if you want to drive an hour and a half every day, you do you by all means. Mm. Um, but what that does mean is that you need to take responsibility for looking up the location of the job that you're applying for if you're not putting your address on because it's not something that the employer is going to flag with you if you don't have that address on there. Amazing. Now, talking about personal profiles, this is the little write-up we do about ourselves to kind of provide a snapshot of who we are. Now, what's the extent of this? How Do we want it brief? Do you want my life story? How? What's the length of this? Yeah, good question. So I like to see it probably about a paragraph. Um, You can push this if you feel like you've got lots and lots to say and you're in a really technical role and you want to list all the different, um, you know, code languages that you can use and, and things like that. By all means, you know, add that in. But I think a paragraph is a good rule of thumb. Cool. Now, talking about the actual writing of that paragraph, it can be really hard trying to find the words to describe yourself because I know um, it's hard talking yourself up. You want to make yourself sound great, but I think there definitely is such thing as an adjective overload. I think in some of my past resumes, I've just said things like, I'm an enthusiastic, reliable, approachable, hard worker, and (laughs) sometimes I think there's a limit. Definitely. There's a limit. I think using too many buzzwords, you just, the the problem is you can end up saying nothing at all, even though you've used all yeah, these words. It looks like you just picked up a thesaurus, tried to sound smart. Yep. And added them all in there. So I'll give you a really good example. So um, when an employer is looking at this piece of paper, they're trying to imagine you as a real person working in this job. They're trying to see if there's a fit between what they see on the paper and the person doing the job. So you've got to paint a picture for them. And I think we we have this tendency, I've seen so many resumes that just kind of forget about normal language and they go into this really corporate jargon buzzword kind of language, which they would never really talk in person. And it means that it's really hard to get to know who is this person who's provided me with this resume? Who's this person behind the smart words? Yeah, exactly. I I can't picture them at all. So I'll give you an example. Um, I want you to guess what this person does for a job or maybe what job they're applying for, Em. So this is from from their personal profile. As an experienced professional, innovation is key to my ability to drive solutions strategically. I would have no idea because they've told me nothing. Exactly. They're a vague, they wishy-washy could, person. They could be applying for anything. Who knows? Like, yeah, try to be really key, keyword, buzzword, yeah. um, drive solutions. But they're missing out on providing any information. Not it's- information, sorry. <laughs> information. <laughs> information. Um, yeah. yeah. Exactly right. So um, in our resume template, um, I've actually got a little kind of structure that you can plug, um, you know, your information into and it'll be like a, a, a template for you. So um, here's how I would approach it. So I am a blank. So this is where you would say I am a uh, recruitment professional. I am a um, marketing manager. I am a software developer. Whatever it is that you are, right. your role. The generic, yeah, the generic kind of words for your role. Um And then you want to go into, you know, your years of experience. So if you're a graduate, you could say who recently graduated, who graduated in 2020. Um, If you've got uh, multiple years experience, you might say with over five years experience, with over 10 years experience. 
Then you want to give some examples. What has that experience been in? Are there particular industries? Are there particular systems um, that you want to highlight? This is going to be a bit industry specific, um, but right. for me, I might say um, I'm a recruitment professional with over five years experience across the retail and not-for-profit industries. So you could say that Amazing. or... Or I could say in multiple locations, I could say across Canberra and Sydney, you know, if you've worked internationally. New South say, Wales, yeah. Yeah, you could say um, across, um, you know, the UK and Australia, whatever that might be. Um, and then you've got a section to, to highlight your main skills. So I've got, you know, three skills that you can choose to pick out. So what are your three skills that you have that set you apart from um, a stranger in the street? So I don't want people to think about here what sets them apart from everyone else applying. You're not trying to be some magic unicorn. Um, if someone's looking for a marketing manager, chances are most marketing managers have similar skills. Um, so don't right. try and recreate the wheel here. But what are your key three top skills that you want to highlight in your resume um, that you've got evidence to back up? So then I would say my strong um main skills, so blank skills, experience with blah and blah, allow me to, and then this is the really important part, what is the impact that you have on the business? So allow me to um, delight customers and keep them coming back. Um, they allow me to um, create brilliant marketing campaigns. They allow me to yep. Um, improve sales performance. Whatever it is that is the impact that you actually have on the business, um, that's what you want to be talking about in that section there. That's super helpful because, yeah, I mean, compared to the earlier example you gave, if somebody wrote this on a resume, it's very direct. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a personal <laughs> profile. You're summarizing, you're summarizing yourself in, in a really concise way. So Direct and powerful. That's what I was trying to say. You think, yeah. oh, this person knows what they're talking about. And if you're painting a picture in your head and I've said, you know, I'm a marketing professional with X years experience and my main skills are this and this is what I do in the business, you have a really clear idea of what you're getting into with that resume as opposed to our really wishy-washy example. Amazing. So we're visualizing our resume here. We've got no columns. We've just got a beautiful one page. We've already put our contact details up the top. We know all of our specifics. Now we want the structure. What should this look like? Do you want education first? Do you want work history first? What? How do you want this laid out? Yeah, good question. So this depends a little bit on the person. So what you really need to think about is that top that first half a page is the most important real estate you've got on your resume. So whatever goes next needs to be really important. So if you're a graduate and your your education is uh, one of the most relevant things about you, you've just completed right. it and you don't that have a lot of experience, you definitely want to highlight your education. So pop that up top. Um, if you're applying for a role that um, they're not even going to look at you unless you've got a particular degree, like that's a requirement of, of um, being in that role, Sure, put it up the top as well. Um, if you if your experience is a little bit older and you've been in the workforce a little bit longer now, um, and you know it's maybe more than five years, more than up to ten years old, um, still include it, but pop it down the bottom and go straight into your experience. Right. We yeah. don't need to see the first aid certificate in two thousand seven at the top. We want most relevant, most yep. important. What's the most impressive thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And a note on education here. Um, we don't need to see your high school. If you've got more recent education, you don't need to list your high school. Um, I think 
people put, you know, their high school um, year of graduation as well, you're basically telling people, hey, guys, this is exactly how old I am. Yeah, true. Yep. Yeah, you're basically just yep. giving them, it's like writing your age on the bit of paper. And as much as I would like to think, Em, that we live in a world that um, is free from discrimination based on age and, and all that kind of thing, we don't. And Yeah, you, and there you go because I actually have my date of birth on my resume. So no, I should delete that. No, take that off. Keep that away. I've also seen things like marital status. Um, oh. Yeah, no. height, um, weight, height. things like that. Yeah, people oh like my to. Gosh. They're okay. trying, again, they're tr- people are trying to yeah, paint a picture of themselves. Yeah, I suppose you're trying it, but you're just giving them unnecessary information. And yeah, you don't want to leave any room for discrimination. Absolutely. And it's not helping you get that job. So, um, you know, leave it off and, and put something else more relevant on yeah. there. That Unless might you're help. applying to be a basketball um <laughs> player you probably don't need to put your height on there yeah exactly amazing now so we've got our structure laid out how long does this need to be can I ramble on for five pages are you not even going to look at it if it's longer than one page what is the best length for your from your point of view I would say as well it's going to depend on what it is that you actually have to say so people have this um, I guess idea in their head that things need to be one page one page is really short um, you often can't provide yeah that's a lot to squeeze it into yeah. and then people try and you know squeeze everything down and then they don't have enough information on that one page so if you're applying for your first job um, and you don't have a lot of experience and you don't want to you know waffle on for no reason sure go with a page but if you've got stuff to talk about and you're finding yourself having to cut it back um, two pages is a really great um, a great way to to kind of you know get everything in there without going on for too long. But again, if you've had a long career or you've had lots of different roles that you want to talk about, um, going into three pages is totally fine. Um, have it be led by if you think everything that's on there is really important, go that extra um, section and don't don't feel too bad about doing that extra page. I'd say four pages you're going to have to have a really good justification for why it's that long and what it is that you're actually including. Um, So I'd say two, um, maybe three. Awesome. So now moving into when we're talking about our work experience and we're trying to describe our role and our previous experience, how should we talk about this? Because I know that when I moved to uni and I was applying for jobs, I was trying to describe my previous full-time job that I had in my gap year. And you read over my resume and said, what are you actually saying here? Because I was trying to sound smart and had written things down like manager's spreadsheet functions and liaises with something and it was just a whole lot of wishy-wash because I was trying to sound sophisticated and you said keep it simple what information are you telling me yeah again that the person on the other side of your resume is trying to understand what's that job I'm trying to paint a picture what what is yeah that's it they weren't there were they so you really need to dumb it down explain it as if anyone would be able to pick up the bit of paper and go, oh, that's what Emma did in her job. Yeah, as if you're just talking to a friend. So, you know, don't don't think about it as some formal thing. You have to use all these different words that you wouldn't normally. Um, so the first thing I would do um, when you're talking about your experience, when, when, when you've listed your company, I would actually include a short description of that company. Um, and the reason is I find, you know, particularly if you're working for a small business or something that's not going to be well recognized, occasionally on people's resumes, I see things like, okay, they've worked for AJ and Co. What's that? 
no idea. Do they mm. do they sell yep. mugs? Are they um, you know, a construction company? <laughs> I've got no idea. So yep. it's gonna help me understand your job if you can give me a little short description of the company. You can pull this off the company yeah. website. AJ just, and Sons wool classing company. Yeah, or, oh yeah. Just just a little description. So they're a retail company, they're based in this location, whatever you want to include. Yep. Um if it's obviously a really recognizable brand, um, you maybe don't need to include that so much. Um, but I definitely encourage it That's and see if tip. you can paint a picture of, yeah, how big that company is um, as well. You know, how many people do they have? Um, what's the, you know, what's the amount of sales and things like that? Um particularly relevant if you were working in an area you know that's not in the same location as what you're what you're applying for um you know no one's ever going to know the tiny little law firm that you worked in um and they're not going to recognize it by name so you definitely want to um tell them provide a bit more context yeah Hey, Job Hunters, big news. Our all-new course, Interview Academy, is live and ready to transform your interview game. It's all the strategies from Sarah's one-on-one coaching, but without the limited time slots. Yep, it takes you step-by-step-by-step through crafting your career story, coming up with your awesome best bits, and all the practice you need. And guess what? It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below. Um, now, when you're actually talking about your experience, um, I've got a little um, a little strategy for this. And Ooh, tell us. I have to admit, Em, I actually, I actually stole this idea. From who? <laughs> it's actually from um, my high school English class. Oh my uh, so, god! Stop it. Yeah, so I have to give a little shout out. I think to Miss Jasprizza in Year Seven who taught me this. So Ooh, um, she's it, got a plug. Thanks, Miss Jasprizza, if you're listening <laughs> to this. So Thank I'd you. like to. So it's called the Guess What, Prove It, So What. So this is what we used um, to help write our essays. So you basically. Um, giving evidence and and making a point um but this is a little strategy to help you remember each section so first is the let me let me all right guess what (laughs) so guess what is where you're giving the facts so for example my guess what might be i provided excellent customer service right now prove it so this is where you've got to get back it up um how did you provide excellent customer service? Give some more context. So you might give some evidence. Um, usually this can be things like numbers. So, um, you know, how many calls did you answer? Um, how many customer inquiries did you get through? Uh, what kind of things did you do for customers? So uh, this could even be a system that you use. So in my example here, uh, my guess what? Provided excellent customer service by answering 45 plus incoming calls per day. So that second bit there of the 45 plus incoming calls, that's my prove it. Now, so what? Exactly. Uh, This part, the person reading your resume is basically going, okay, you answered 45 calls. So what? Big deal. What does that mean? What was the impact of that action this on the business? This does sound like an English essay. What was the impact? It doesn't Link it. Back. What was the Tell impact? us more. Link it, wow, Link it back. Link it back to your purpose. So whilst maintaining a customer satisfaction score of over 90%, again, what was the result of what you did? What did you achieve by providing excellent customer service? Um, so that's the, the guess what, prove it, so what. Boom, there you have it. 
guess what? Prove it. So what? It's got a good ring to it. Yeah, and I think it helps people uh, be a little bit more concrete with what they're um, actually putting down and to keep it to simple language. So if you're talking about, um, you know, achieving sales results, well, what were those sales results? If you're talking about you had to hit KPIs or, um, you know, deliver marketing campaigns, well, what was the size? What, how many products, how many views, you know, what was the budgets? Give me some concrete information that I can work off. That definitely sounds more impressive than saying I calculated various spreadsheets that yeah much more specific to give a guess what prove it so what love that yeah so talking about still on the work experience topic how far off do I have to rattle do you want to know that I worked at McDonald's when I was 15 uh you know what if I'm 40 years old and I've worked a lot of jobs and you know my first couple of jobs might be relevant to my role but it was a long time ago do you still want to include them Good question. So this is the age-old question. People keep stuff on their resume, I think, for way too long. So right. if you've got if you've got old experience, you have three options. So the first option is obviously to include it. Um, I would encourage that the older a piece of experience gets on your resume, the less detail you need to go in for that experience. Yeah. So if you've got things written in your description of that role of what you did and some of them are only things that you did occasionally like oh once in a while I'd fill in for my manager or once in a while I'd get coffee take those things off as the experience gets older you want to condense it down um, a little bit so that's the first option you can include it second option is obviously just take it off Um, you don't need to put a full entire career history Um, it's not a legal document you're not declaring anything to anyone Um, so you can leave it off. And if someone asks about it, you can absolutely tell them, but um, you want to keep all of that valuable real estate for something that might be more relevant and more recent. Um, the third option you have is a little trick that I've included on our resume template. So I call it the additional experience section. So what you can do here, you might have had, um, you know, M, you might have worked overseas for a little while before you moved to Australia and you want your resume to focus on your Australian experience, but you yep. might have had some other jobs overseas that you might want to mention and just say, hey, I worked here, but, you know, if you want more information, let me know. Right. Uh, okay. You know, I like that. It's still getting a mention, but you're not wasting space. Yeah, if you had a career change, that could be a way to go, you know, hey, I used to work in hospitality. Here's some, you know, here's the additional experience from from those sections. So Great I've actually idea. included it on the template. And what it says is, you know, um, during the period from blank to blank, I worked in various hospitality jobs or casual jobs while I was studying. Um, I'm happy to provide more information upon about these upon request. And then you're basically literally just listing the company, job title, and how long you were there. Amazing. And they're, they're next to each other. So they're not taking up much room. The whole thing is probably only a paragraph long. So that way you're including them. If your future employer wants to know more, hey, I'd love to know more about that hospitality job you had, feel free to, to give them the information. Um, but that way they're on there, but you don't have to take up too much space. So it's a good in-between. Amazing. So we've got our work experience, education, we've covered that. So other sections, um, awards, certifications, hobbies, what are your thoughts on that? Do we really need to dedicate a lot of space to this or is this sort of the least important part of the resume? 
Definitely least important. Um, I would call these optional sections. So yeah. if you don't want to, yeah, if you don't want to include awards and certifications or hobbies or volunteering or anything like that, just don't include them. And also, um, and if you don't um, have, not all of us get awards. Sorry, but <laughs> I haven't really ever got many awards apart from high school, which is a bit irrelevant. So if yeah. you're out there and you don't have awards, don't feel bad. No, neither do I. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And when you're in like a really professional career, like winning some big fancy award, like it's yeah. pretty rare. Like I don't know many mm. workplaces that are just like, here, here's an award for last week. You were amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Employee of the week. You yeah. can include that if you got an employee of the week. <laughs> That's my life goal. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> um. So these sections at the end, you can put in whatever you like. So I like to think about it like what else do I want to tell my employer and how can I include that in there? So, for example, um, you know, I've done a lot of professional development. That's something I'm really, um, you know, passionate about. So, for example, I've been to, you know, um, webinars and training courses and right. lectures and things like that. And so you might talk about those. Hey, I've been to these conferences. I really like that. Um, you can include yep. those on there if you want. Things like obviously your first aid, CPR, um, you know, mental health first aid, those sorts of things are great to put on. Forklift um, license, if, et cetera. Absolutely. Obviously very critical if you're going for a job that requires a forklift <laughs> yeah. license. Um, if that was the case and the job that you're applying for said you must have a yeah, forklift license. Yeah, bump it up to the top. Absolutely. See, yep. you're getting the hang of it already, Em. You, you want that to be straight front and center. If there are things that are like, oh, that's nice, you know, yeah. then put them down yep. the bottom. Complimentary. Yeah. Um, hobbies. Do you do you want to hear that I really love fishing, or do you not really give a shit? <laughs> Be honest. Well, if you really love fishing, um, put it on there. If you right, want to include right. it as a hobby, here's here's what I think. If you're applying for a job in a company that say, um, you know, is a retail company and they sell outdoor equipment, um, and you're you're going for a marketing job, so you're not, you know, being a fishing expert or anything like that. <laughs> you're going for a marketing job, and you love fishing and hiking on the weekends that might actually make you more likely to get that job at that outdoor retailer because they're going, oh, this person's actually passionate about what our customers are coming to us for. Yeah. So it might create a new point of, of connection for that role. So definitely if you've got those kinds of passions, um, you know, put it out there. You might find that your employer has something in common with you and they really like cycling as well. Um, so put them on there. If you don't have really industry-specific hobbies, it's not essential. No, definitely not essential. So I would say um, if you have fairly kind of generic hobbies, I'm one of those people. I like. I actually have um, no hobbies. Like people that say they have hobbies are lying. Like what, as, a, as an adult, what are your hobbies? My hobbies are get like folding my washing and feeling really good about it and like watching a good show and being in bed by 8 p.m. Like I don't have any yeah. hobbies. Leave me alone. Yeah. And if, if you were trying to fill out one of these templates, Emma, I've seen some resumes submitted and it's clear that they've downloaded a template yep. and it said hobbies and they, they were like, oh, I guess I, I have, have to done put that. something in here. Yeah. My very yeah. first resume, got the template, looked at it and went, oh, shit. And I think I wrote hanging with friends, photography, <laughs> travel. Who doesn't yeah. like and those things? If, you, if you're gonna be, If you're going to be super generic, if the stuff that you like it literally everyone does, yeah. then don't include it. It just you don't just include it. You just seem like, like a I've basic seen, human that, yeah. It, it just doesn't differentiate you at all. So if you put like, Waste I like space. walking, yeah. I like watching TV. Okay. I mean, fairly common. Like I think don't, they're not differentiating you. So, so just 
don't put the section in. Don't don't feel the pressure like you did back yep. when you were doing your resume. Yeah, I've, I've come a long way since then. I was 14. Anyway, <laughs> now let's talk about re- tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, references um, are obviously, you know, the normally the, one of the final stages in yeah, a recruitment it's process. Yeah, exciting. Um, yeah, you're kind of getting to the pointy end of the process. So there's no one who works in recruitment that I know that loves doing reference checks. So they're not going to do um, a million reference checks. So that means they're only really going to do them for the people that are right at the end. So it might be just you. It might be you and one or two other people. Um, and it might be a deciding factor or they might have even already offered you the job before they're doing them. Now, I would encourage everyone you don't need to put your references on your resume. Yeah, this really surprised me. I had never heard this until we spoke about it earlier. Yeah, so what I would include down the bottom is referees available upon request. So that gives you a huge advantage in a couple of ways. So first of all, it means that they have to ask you for your references, which means you know when they're going to call them. You know you've done good. If you're getting that call... Thumbs up. It's looking exactly. good. And you're right. getting a bit of an indicator of where you're at in the process, which can be really, really handy. Also would be a bit rewarding because I know the job applying process can be strenuous and quite deflating at times. So it would kind of make you feel good to be like, oh, look, that went well. I, I got reference checked. So absolutely, I must have been doing absolutely. something right. And we all know that, um, you know, you need to be checking with your references before you put their name down. Yes. Um, such as the classic Hamish and Andy stunt. If you haven't seen that, go and watch it. Hamish and Andy wrote down a random number on their resume, called up this random number and said, hey, mate, uh, just put your number down for an interview. I've panicked. Is there any chance you can <laughs> pretend to know me? And this random guy took it like an absolute champion. He went to town. He he said, oh, yeah, he... He used to volunteer at the local footy club with me and blah, blah, blah. And they asked specific questions like, oh, how long was he there for? And they just, he and was he amazing. It. He was an he absolute it, definition of a true Aussie blue, honestly. Amazing. But we can't guarantee that every random number is going to be as much of a legend as him. So definitely check your references. Don't put down a random number. Don't put down a friend that's going to be caught off guard when someone rings. Put down yeah. purposeful referees. So I think I think we can look at that in two different ways. We can take two lessons away from that. One of them is um, all references are useless because anyone will just lie for you. So we can be a bit cynical and yeah. think that. Or we can be positive and look at it in a different way and think, well, if you prepare your references really well, then Imagine they're going to do a good go. reference yeah. for you. Exactly. So the other big benefit of including, you know, references available upon request is you know when you've sent them off. So you can actually call your references either beforehand and say, hey, I'm about to send your details off to this job. Um, just so you know, these are the people, this is the company who have your details now. Right. Um, and you can even tailor who you're sending across as your references. Like you might have three or four people who have said they're happy to um, say lovely things about you. And for a particular role, it might be a really big company. So maybe you're choosing those two people who were from a bigger company. It might be 
um, you know, a, a particular um, skill set that they're looking for and you can choose two different references from your past experience that tailored more towards that role. So that's why I wouldn't necessarily include them up front. Um, make them work for it. You yeah, know, make them great ask you idea. For them. It gives you a bit more of an edge. And um, yeah. Oh, the other great thing about uh, calling and giving a heads up to whoever your reference is, I imagine it doesn't look that great when a potential employer is calling up your reference check. You've put them down as, you know, top manager for four years, like expecting that they're going to give you a glow and they call and naturally they might take a while to register who you are and what they're calling. So they go, oh, I'm calling about Joe Bloggs, you know, at your company and he's frazzled, he's driving to work and they're like, uh... Sorry, sorry, who? And and then the employee's thinking, oh, geez, he worked there for five years. Can you even remember him? And it may, just based off that person being busy, not thinking, it just looks like, oh, geez, they might, can't be too memorable. He doesn't even remember him and he worked there for five years. So <laughs> exactly. I think the head is extremely valuable. Exactly. And people don't like being caught off guard. Um, no. So you should definitely give them a heads up. I mean, I don't, I don't even answer unknown numbers. So... <laughs> Exactly. The references that is such might be good... the same. They might not call back. Oh, who's that? No idea. That is such a good, such a good point. And that's one of the reasons you need to say, hey, someone's going to call you in the next day or two. Um, I would really appreciate it. I don't want to hold up the recruitment process. If you could make sure you get back to them, that'd yeah, be really right. great. So it's it's not good enough to just ask someone a year ago if they'll be your reference and then never speak to them again because they likely will have that reaction of, ah, oh, Sarah, who? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, and then come around. And that's already got the whole phone call off on a bad foot. So great tip. Yeah, exactly. And again, if you're putting four or five references down the bottom, they might some of them might be really old. So at least if they're asking you for them and you choose two, then you can pick really recent ones who you've done a good prep with. You could even double check that none of them are on leave. That's happened before. Some are, oh, this person's on a month-long holiday and they've got no phone reception. Oh, well, you know, it's going to hold up the process for you and you you might even miss out on this role because you yep. can't get in touch with your references. Amazing. So we've covered some great tips here, really got into the specifics. It's been good. Um, to wrap things up, overall tips and advice. What is your take-home message to people? What are maybe some things you've seen throughout your time that you think can act as good lessons for future people that are looking for different jobs? Yeah, I think overall um, think about the employer on the other side. So they're trying to fill a job and they've got a brief of what they're looking for. They know their priorities. They know, you know, the skills that they're looking for. And they've got a bunch of documents in front of them. That's all they've got. And they've got to work out, okay, out of all these people, out of all these bits of paper, who am I going to take to the next stage? Try and make their job easy for them. Try and pull out and um, and make it easy to read, easy to understand, easy to imagine who you are and, you know, imagine you in that role. Um, I just thought of something we forgot. Speaking of imagining you, thoughts on when people upload a photo of themselves. Oh, good question. Um, leave the photo off. Yeah. Unless you're applying for a role where you literally have to be, you know, you're an actor or something like that and you need a headshot, don't include a photo. Um, it's just it's just not necessary. Your we photo can be selfie. on your LinkedIn page. Yeah, put, put your photo on your LinkedIn page. Um, it's 
for people to remember what you look like after you've networked with them. It's yeah. not really for a future employer. Yeah. You can open yourself up to discrimination. Um, and most of the photos that I've seen when people have included them, they haven't really been a professional shot and they've yeah. tried to kind of crop out. Yeah, you know, crop out a, a, a mate. Yeah, no, not yeah, cute. Yeah, them at a wedding or something. It's just not really the right, like, the right vibe. Yeah. The employer wants to imagine you, but they, they can imagine you without the face. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't need to see your face to imagine you. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would say. And your resume should be, um, you know, it's not the novel. It doesn't have to include every single thing about you. It's kind of the highlights reel or like the contents page at the back of a book. You're not decide, You're not telling someone, oh, I read this great book and you only read the contents page. You're only just deciding, hey, do I want to open it. this? Do I want to buy it? Am I interested to know more? And at the interview, you give another chapter. Loving this book metaphor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. And eventually they can, you know, they don't they don't read the full book until you've been there a little while. That's right. Amazing. Cool. Well, everyone, I, I hope that was super helpful. Um, we went really in-depth and we want to give you really practical, actionable things that you can do as opposed to... Yeah, we don't want it to be vague. Yeah, we don't want that resume 101 because you can get that off Google. You're coming to us for the behind-the-scenes stuff that you maybe wouldn't have thought about before. And make sure to check out our resume template on our website. Um, it has amazing tips and tricks. You won't find one as good anywhere else. Yep, so that's interviewboss.com.au and you can download our free resume template. Thanks so much for listening and hopefully you'll want to wrap your ears around us again next week. Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you want to hear more from us, make sure you hit subscribe. We're a new podcast, so if you liked this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review so we can help even more people. For more advice, inspiration and a supportive community, join us in the Interview Boss Facebook group. We've been your job search besties and helped you in some way. There's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming. <laughs>